Welcome to the realm of heroes and monsters. Story time with your host, A.P. Fuchs. Stories of intrigue, stories of horror, stories of superheroics, stories of monsters. Get ready, the thrill ride begins. Hello, folks. Welcome to the realm of heroes and monsters story time with A.P. Fuchs, which is me. And now, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're getting the wild hair edition. As you can see, everything is just floomph everywhere, and I'm doing this for your amusement. So, yeah, if you watch this on YouTube, you can have a laugh at my expense. Anyway, welcome to the show. Thank you again for tuning in. Much appreciated. Always glad to have you. And let's just jump right into it. So we've been doing a lot of, like, in terms of our pre-show stuff, we've been talking a lot about monster items and that sort of thing in previous episodes so this episode we're going to switch over to superheroes and i'm going to talk uh, about the movie batman mask of the phantasm now for those who are maybe younger listening to this uh this was a feature film based off batman the animated series that came out in the 90s and this you have to remember now this is it was a very special event because Batman Mask of the Phantasm first was a full-length uh, cartoon or animated film. And it was constructed and written as a film. So it wasn't just like three episodes and they strung it together and called it a film. No, it was written with the beginning, middle, and end. And so that made it special on its own. The other thing that made it special was, um, <clears throat> remember, this is early 90s at the time, right? So we have to remember that up until that point, in terms of superhero uh, movies and that sort of thing, I mean, we had the Christopher Reeve movies, Superman 4 uh, finished in 1987, and then there was a break, very briefly, and then in 89, uh, Batman with Michael Keaton came out, Jack Nicholson, and then I think it was 92, uh, I think it was 92, that was Batman Returns. Um, and they based, um, now back to Batman the Animated Series, they based Batman the Animated Series uh, thematically uh, off the Keaton movies, but of course they added their own retro uh, twist to it, but they took the material seriously. Batman was, you know, treated as a serious character just like he was in the Keaton movies. So that's kind of like the superhero uh, cinematic context that we're talking about. And um, so what happened was, Mask of the Phantasm actually went to movie theaters. That was huge. Because again, remember, this is before like animated films were superhero wise were in the theaters ever. And um, like now they do that, like Into the Spider Verse, Across the Spider Verse, so, you know, the Ninja Turtle movies, all that stuff winds up in the theater and then it goes to video, right? But at the time, again, this was new. And I had the privilege of seeing uh, Mask of the Phantasm in the theater. So it was a big deal at the time. I went with a friend, we had a blast, and after the story was over, it was just like, wow, this is well done. And I really, sincerely, as a fan, um, I sincerely hope at some point, somewhere down the line, uh, they make a live-action version of Mask of the Phantasm. Um, the story is so good. But what I wanted to talk about briefly was, um, and this feeds into the creative side of uh, the show, is the 
the focus of the movie, yes, they have the major plot, you know, where the good guy has to stop the bad guy and that sort of thing. But in terms of the, the character development of Bruce Wayne, um, they showed his turning point in his life. See, every hero, as we all know, um, has a turning point. That's what makes that, you know, they decide to become the hero because of the turning point in their life. You know, Batman, his parents died, he becomes Batman. Um, Spider-Man, Uncle Ben dies, he decides to become Spider-Man. Like that sort of thing, right? Superman receives his calling, you know, from Jarrell, uh, you know, to help out Earth. That's his turning point in terms of like why you're going to become a superhero. Um, but we forget that these characters, I mean, if we want to take them seriously or we want to suspend disbelief, we have to consider them as sort of quote unquote real people. And just like you and me, um, we all have several turning points in our lives that come along, big ones. And sometimes they're really good turning points and they lead into something good. And other turning points, unfortunately, you know, they, they turn into something that's not so good. And uh, and then, of course, we end up sort of paying for the price for those turning points that are sometimes within our control and sometimes without. But I'm not here to talk about life tips. Um, anyway, so in this movie, they focused on another aspect of Bruce Wayne's life where this is past the turning point uh, of his parents' death. And he actually goes down a road um, through flashback sequences where we see he has the opportunity to have a normal life, a life that's basically like a direct contrast to life as Batman. And it, you know, and if anything, Batman, like his life as Batman is him trying to, I mean, outside of the, the fighting the bad guy thing and getting his revenge and all that stuff, um, you know, on a personal level, like he's longing for family because Batman lost his family. He lost his parents, right? So that's why he's, he, you know, he's got Robin, he's got Nightwing, he had Batgirl. Uh, he had a few other Robins along the way, if you follow the comics, you know. So, and then of course there's Alfred. So he's kind of like building for himself a family that he lost. But anyway, back to the movie. So in the movie, yeah, there's an opportunity for Bruce to have what he's wanted his whole life. And it, it was a chance to, I'm, not, I'm trying to do this as spoiler-free as possible, so sorry for being vague. But yeah, he's trying to like go down that road of, of a good normal life, so just be a person, and that's it. And finally let go of the pain that, of losing his parents and he's you know that's and that's and from a you know psychological and emotional point of view i mean that's a big deal to be able to let go of such a tragic event and yeah so this story is told alongside the main story that has to deal with you know the phantasm causing trouble and that sort of thing so it got me thinking you know like yeah like when you write superheroes or any form of hero Yes, there's that deciding factor, that deciding moment where they want to become the hero and be the hero because they feel they need to or they want to pay back society or whatever that turning point is. Um, but 
we forget that there should be other turning points in these characters' lives, you know? Because, um, again, just like you and me, we all have these turning points. And, like, like really turning points. Like, we're talking 90-degree turns, big turns that affect your life. And so, yeah, so I, I've been trying to um, put that kind of sensibility into the Axiom Man saga. You know, there is, yes, his deciding moment where... You know, it's time to be a superhero, and there's that turning point, the watershed, as I call it, you know, there. Um, but throughout the life journey of the hero, let's present them with other turning points. Turning points that have consequences. Again, they could be good consequences, or they could be bad consequences. And often you don't find out what those consequences are, you know, good or bad, until the choice has been made. So... Yeah, so in terms of like writing a hero, a good protagonist, I mean, it's good to have, yes, the ultimate turn. And, and that's good, because that gives them the motivation and, you know, the understanding for the, the reader or the viewer as to why they're doing, you know, why the character is doing what they're doing. Um, but then at the same time, yeah, to have these other turning points uh, introduced, uh, I think that needs to get added to um, mainstream storytelling and like at least in terms of film like superhero stuff and then secondly yeah i i try to put that kind of stuff into the axiom man saga because i want my character to grow i want him to have these hard choices where he doesn't know is it going to lead to something good is it going to lead to something bad and either way you have to kind of take that leap of faith and like take that chance make that choice and see where it leads you so here we are Okay, so that's my thing. But anyway, back to Mask of the Phantasm, finally. It's a fantastic movie. If you have not seen it, go see it. I guarantee you, you will like it from a Batman movie point of view. Um, it is, in my opinion, the best Batman movie ever made. Uh, Dark Knight is second, because Dark Knight, as we all know, is exceptionally well done. Um, but Mask of the Phantasm, though animated is in terms of a movie for Batman my personal favorite so highly recommended go check it out but now enough from me let's get into story time and I'm gonna tell you a story called tendrils and it's about a starship engineer trying to escape a very very violent enemy so here we go welcome to story time Episode 19, Tendrils. Roy Blake yanked his ankle free from the alien's slimy tendril as he crawled through the vent of the starship edge. How the thing got on board or what specific species it was, he didn't know. All he knew was he'd been doing a routine systems check in engineering when the 13-foot black-scaled monster with tendrils for arms materialized and started to attack everybody. It took all of 30 seconds, and the beast whipped its 15-foot-long tendrils around like slimy blades and captured, then ate the heads off, every member of his engineering crew. Some of the bodies were swallowed whole. Roy was lucky to dive into an escape hatch which, a few feet in, had access to the venting system. He couldn't let the thing take the ship. He tried communicating with the bridge, but the comms were down. The alien must have destroyed the communications panel, perhaps intentionally. 
Now the thing was in the venting tubes with him. He heard it slap its greasy tendrils against the vent's metallic interior and its scaly body scrape itself along, trying to catch him. Roy was unarmed. All he could do was crawl, and sometimes drag, himself until he got to a vent opening so he could get out and run. He had the layout of the ship committed to memory. He should be coming up on sickbay soon. The tendrils slapped behind him. Drag. Roy picked up his pace, though he didn't think he could go any faster scrambling on his hands and knees. His shoulders and thighs burned from the exertion. He'd known for a long time he was out of shape, and now he was paying for it. He'd pay for it with his life if he wasn't careful. The thing hissed behind him. It sounded so close. He dared not look back over his shoulder lest he inadvertently slow himself down. Slap. Drag. Roy crawled on. Go faster. Hurry. He gave it all he had. That vent opening should be coming up on the right soon. Oh, please, let it be soon. Slap. Slap. Drag. Slap. Drag. Roy's legs burned so badly he started to slow down without meaning to. Hiss. Come on! A tendril slapped against his heel. He jerked his foot away. Push! He kicked on the speed, and for a second it felt like he galloped on hands and knees. His wrist suddenly bent inward, and he fell face-planted against the vent floor. His head swam from the impact, and blood trickled from his nose. Slap. Drag. The alien had his ankle again. The tendril snaked up his calf and locked on behind his knee. With a violent jerk, he yanked Roy backward. Screaming as what could only be teeth engulfing his leg, Roy tried to break free even if it meant losing that leg from the knee down. But the thing had him. Slap. Drag. Like a snake slowly enveloping its prey, Roy was pulled backward. In a moment, he'd be inside it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. As always, it's always a pleasure. I really enjoy uh, having you guys tune in. As I appreciate it, I could see the you know the stats, the numbers, and there's people listening, people watching, and I'm just glad to share. So thank you. And uh, further to that, you know, if you really want to help out the show, um, please uh, you know do a subscription uh, to the YouTube channel so that way you get notified when new episodes come out. Uh, plus, it helps the show itself. Uh, so that's great. And then, of course, if you'd like to uh, participate, uh, monetarily speaking, 
um, we have a new Patreon page, and it's, you know, by the time you get this episode, it's going to be a couple months old, but regardless, you know what, it's there, patreon.com slash apfooks. Cool feature is you can actually try out the page uh, for free for about a week, um, and if it's for you, stick around, great. And if it's not for you, hey, you know what, you got to explore, you got to try some stuff out, read some things, and, you know, I wish you all the best, and that's okay too. But yeah, I invite you to go to patreon.com slash apfooks, poke around, see what you like. And uh, please, if you know if you like what you see, stick around, and we'll be interacting and having some fun. So, in the meantime, have a good week. Take care of each other. Be kind. You know, and and just uh, take care of yourself as well, because that's important too. Okay. All right. See you next episode. Cheers.